The 467th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos. Welcome to episode 467 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's going out to, I, I think it was Eric Does Sports who called us out in the Discord for being cowards and not not <laughs> being in there Saturday night to, to take our punishment for our horrible UFC picks. This goes out to to Eric uh, for, for trying to make Gumby and I uh, be accountable for our actions. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. We're going to be accountable for this episode, which will be LFA 173. Gumby's going to give you five winning plays maybe even more who knows sometimes he, he gives you some some plays for uh oh, i gotta sneak inside. you one i gotta sneak oh one. there you go there you go so we're gonna break down at least five of the fights for the, for this uh week's lfa event and then wednesday thursday we'll, we'll be back to the ufc to uh to preview and make picks for the very last pay-per-view of the year uh let's bring in the regional mma god himself gummy vreeland uh, to help break this down hello mr vreeland yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll quick recap. Four and one on Octagon. Uh, there you go. Oh, that's that's why you you want to jump into that, don't you? I don't yeah, have to yeah. Four, four and one on Octagon. Missed a uh, underdog we picked on a split decision, Lengel. And uh, ooh, it was a – I think they got the decision right ultimately, but it was clear uh, second round for him, clear third round for his opponent, uh, Samuel Bark. And then the first round, they just both were like kind of feeling each other out. He scored a late takedown that I thought might steal it, but like the bigger strikes were from Bark. So it was an exciting, uh, it was an exciting back and forth three round fight, or actually the second two rounds or the, the second round and the third round were both fun. Um, the first round kind of sucked, but that was the only one we missed. Uh, we hit some like even money in the co-main event with Paradiser the in, uh, Avon Butchinger, and then, you know, some other kind of chalkier plays, but four and one overall. Fantastic. Up money, I assume. Yeah, it was up. Uh, I, I want to say it was up like 75 bucks if you bet 100 on all of them. But some of that was because uh, Matej Panaj was negative 2000. So uh, that correct pick, if you uh, put a blind $100 on the money line, was good for five bucks. <laughs> all right bright future for anyone that that we saw at on this card you know uh in the discord uh turnip was singing the praises of samuel bark i, I think he probably if he continues to iron things out it's kind of interesting because he's got that tie style and i talked a little bit on you know last monday about his wrestling and grappling which i think is actually a lot better than people give it credit for um i think panage is good you know like he, he had his chance on contender series and lost uh to Cedricus Dumas. Uh, which will always uh, bewilder me, mostly just because like this is a guy who throws well from distance and has like really good, you know, like striking. And then in that fight, he just like decided to be in Cedricus Dumas's guillotine. So uh, yeah, like a weird one. But uh, yeah, no, I I like uh, I like Panage. I mean, Keita's good too. Keita won in the main event, so lo- lots of potential there. Fantastic. Um, thoughts on this week's LFA card that we're going to be uh, covering? LFA one seventy three. A lot of lot of potential talent here, uh, and I'm gonna before we even get into the official fights, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a name out there uh, that people should pay attention to. I actually got to interview, and this is not just me being a homer. 
Uh, but I got to interview an LFA guy for this weekend's fight card. Actually, two. I, I talked to uh, Apuni Pagoa last week. Uh, but this week on the Top Turtle MMA podcast, we're going to have Oseuman Oyemolan, um, who's on the prelims. He's only 2-1, and one, uh, so he's like a real raw guy. He's fighting a dude who's 4-0, like real hot prospect. But this dude is an absolute sniper with like crazy KO power. His last fight, he he won with like a sick head kick knockout. Um, so keep an eye out on Oseuman Oyemolan. And uh, there's a chance that since his opponent's 4-0 and has like a much better looking record than him, there's a chance he comes in as a dog here. So if that that uh when that first posts, if you see that number, especially on you know some of those offshore books when they first post, I would get in on Oseuman Oyemolan. Easy for you to say, Gumby. I know I was uh I contemplated putting his fight on here anyway just to hear you try to <laughs> try to do you got the LFA tabology page open right now? I do. Oseyman Oyem Oyem Honlin. Oseyman Oyemolan. See, Gumby just made that pick to to uh to flex that he can say the name properly. That's I actually that. in my interview this week with him, which you'll hear when the Top Turtle MMA yeah, podcast I drops, will hear. I, I introduce him and then I ask him how I did saying his name because if you watch yeah, like regional announcers, there's been like seven yeah. different pronunciations of his name so far. I assume you did good or you wouldn't be mentioning it right now, Gumby. Uh he said it was all right. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh so he's being polite. He's being polite. Um <laughs> I, I want your co-host on Top Turtle to uh, to say his name. So yeah, sure I'll, uh, have him, I'll, I'll, have see, him I'll see if I can get him to <laughs> do it. That would be fantastic. All right, let's um let's get cracking, shall we? LFA one seventy three Fernando versus Bakoyev is going down from the Pearl Theater in Las Vegas, Nevada, in a cage. Sadly, nothing crazy, just a cage. Ten fights. That will be this coming Friday, the fifteenth, eight p.m. Eastern Time, UFC Fight Pass, LFA. Um, still the top dog in terms of regional MMA, correct? Or I guess there's, there's probably something, uh, depends, it depends what, what you consider regional. Is it better than cage warriors? You think at this point, I, or not? I think it's better. I actually am starting to lean towards octagon being better than cage warriors in terms of oh, just okay. like actual production and like, I mean, like kick-ass fights do like yep. their, their fights are really exciting and they're usually like a little bit more experienced. I think I said it on Monday show is that like yep. cage warriors is sort of like a, just a straight prospect league. Whereas, like, there's a lot of guys who've already been in the UFC and Octagon. So, Octagon is, like, kind of halfway in between Cage Warriors and KSW. And so, like, I don't know if you still call that, a you know, the regionals or if it's just, like, a smaller big promotion. Because KSW, I don't even consider regional anymore, right? Like, it is regional in that it's only in Poland for the most part. But that is a – their shows are bonkers big. Um, Like, they're they're bigger than Bellator was before it collapsed. So – uh yeah like uh, octagon's kind of like smashed in between those in terms of what it's trying to achieve yep um and how how does this rate as the lfa card it's uh it's maybe not got the most guys who are like imminently about to be in the ufc uh but i think if you went like three years down the road you would look back at it and you'd be like oh hell this card's actually pretty damn good yeah and we got two title fights at the very top of it uh we're going to start with a main card fight, one, two, three, four, fifth from the top, uh, flyweight fight, Jordan Harris from the USA versus Apuni Pagoa from the United States as well. I'm guessing probably the Hawaiian area. Am I correct? He is, he is Hawaiian, correct. There you go. All right. Pagoa, nicknamed Puni, 
uh, four and one with three knockouts. Never been finished in a fight. All of his fights have taken place in LFA, so that's impressive. He's he's fought at a high level. Um, not much experience, but at least it's a fairly high level. He's won three straight fights. Last one be a knockout. He's not lost a fight since September of 2021. And we have no lines for these fights yet, so Gumby is going to do his best to uh, guess or, or at least give you ranges that, that you should bet these fights on. Uh, Harris, 3-0 with one submission, one known LFA. He's not fought since June of 2022. Is a Muay Thai champion and got an inch of height on Pagoa. Take over. Go ahead. So I actually think Pagoa is probably going to come in here favorite. We'll say negative uh, 200. Uh, you get plus 175 on the return on Harris. I think Pagoa is the easy pick here. Um you know, for a flyweight, he is extremely long. You know, like he's a he's a big guy for flyweight. He's got really good range, and a lot of that is due. He's one of those guys who spends a lot of time in the early exchanges, like grabbing the other guy's lead hand and then hitting him with the rear hand. You know, like it, it's a it's a weird tactic that you see happen, but like some guys use it way better than others, and he uses it to find range early in fights exceptionally well. Um, his last fight was just like a, such a great example of what he does in terms of a footwork and cutting off the cage and just like being in somebody's face all the time and B just ripping the body in the most ferocious way you possibly can. He, he's a great striker. I think the only questions about him potentially, you know, like being in the UFC, like soon is like what happens when he runs into a wrestler. Cause it's not like flyweight short on wrestlers even in the lower rungs yep. of the the ufc um and the guy he's fighting here harris is is kind of he blitzes a lot and throws like you know huge sets of combinations and like you know run it like sprinting it he's like but damn near sprinting in um but the thing for me and why i really like pagoa in this fight is the longer that harris is in exchanges and, and he likes to be in them for a really long time the longer he's in exchanges the more hittable he is like he, his defense just like slowly melts away from him when he enters those like blitzy exchanges, his hands are up by the end of it. He's just like throwing from the hip. Um, and I think against the guy like Pagoa who can a tire you out because he's got such good pressure and B sort of snipe when he needs to, I, I think he's just going to find the chin once here. All right, there you go. Before we go any further underdog fantasy time, underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy Players all season long, NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football. I'm interjecting MMA in here as well because they do have MMA. Um, simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Do you got to play for us, Gumby? Uh, sure. I'll take the uh, higher than on Tariq Hill's uh, receiving yards on Monday night because always take the higher on Tariq Hill's uh, receiving yards. There you go. So watch along and make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks. It's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. All right, let's move up a fight and up a few weight classes to welterweights. Three five-minute rounds. Sarik Shields versus Alfonso Leva. So Shields is American. Leva is from Mexico. All right, let's tell you about the Mexican first. Leva, he's a sniper. Six and one with six knockouts. Yep, that sounds like a sniper to me as well. And he's been knocked out once, so he owes us rounds, Gumby. Never never gets old. Legit. <laughs> he legitimately owes us rounds. Uh, one and one in LFA. Got knocked out in his last fight. That was back in December of 2022. Uh, he's got an inch of reach on Shields. And uh, Leva, in a previous life, was an Olympic wrestler. All right. Shields, Berserker. Berserker versus a sniper. Uh, Berserker is five and one with one knockout, two submissions. He's been knocked out once as well. Two and one in LFA. He's won three straight fights. Two of those via submission. 
two years younger than Leva, an inch of height on him. Uh, I think Leva's going to come in here as the favorite, especially because he was in a title fight in his last fight. Um, and, and he looked pretty good in that fight up until he he didn't. Uh, and <laughs> with the exception of maybe like one ball kick too. He got kicked in the balls pretty hard in that fight. Um, was it Chris? I think he fought Chris Brown. And uh, Sark Shields probably going to post, I'm guessing, we'll say this one's lined exactly the same as Pago and Harris. Negative 200 on Leva, plus 175 on Shields. And I actually think this is a really good underdog spot uh, for Sark Shields. I know we're talking about Leva having a wrestling background, but I haven't really seen it since he's been in the UFC, or uh, since he's been in LFA. He's doing a lot of striking He's doing a lot of backing up, which makes it not really easy. You know, like nickname the sniper, right? And and like the reason that nickname is there is because now he's just backing up, waiting for somebody to make a stake and he he tries to snipe him. Sark Shields is going to accept that he walks backwards because Sark Shields, uh, go back and watch his last fight. He literally sprints across the cage when they say let's fight right into a double leg takedown, picks the dude up over his head and slams him on the ground. This dude... I mean, his nickname is Berserker for a reason. He just goes nuts. Uh, And it's always with this, like, exhausting level of wrestling. And it seems like he's got cardio for days. You know, he's like a little Marab, or well, not a little. He's a bigger version. He's like a bigger version of Marab Devalishvili, like a welterweight Marab Devalishvili. I actually think he's got really great UFC potential. And I think Leva is going to have trouble with his wrestling here. Even though Leva might have some wrestling chops in his past, I think he's going to have problems with the wrestling of Sark Shield. So if he does post as a dog here, I, I think Sark Shields is a smart play. All right. What's what's your range for him? I mean, I think it, plus money at all is a good one for okay. him. Because I actually, uh, this isn't just me saying I like the line or anything like that. Like, I, I genuinely think he's going to win the fight. I wouldn't want to go, you know, like nuts on him at like negative 160 or something like that. You know, like if he's barely a favorite or to pick him, I might still dabble there. But like, I, I actually think he's going to be an underdog being that Leva is coming from a title fight. All right, T, where are we moving to now? Where's this train headed to now, Gumby? Choo-choo. Uh, lightweight. going to down a weight class to lightweight. Uh, Arion Tavares, USA, Mitch Ramirez USA. We have spoken about Ramirez before because he has the nickname, the fight stalker, a improper nickname, but a smart one. Nonetheless. Um, all right. Ramirez is seven, one, four knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once. He owes us some rounds too. I reckon uh, one, no in LFA. Oh, one on contender series. He lost his last fight via knockout uh, and used to fight up at welterweight. Tavares, the hyphy kid. Do you know what hyphy means Gumby? No, but I did Google it because I knew you were going to ask me and it, Yep. None of the words that defined it uh, made any sense to me either. So <laughs> crunk. It also means crunk. That, that doesn't help you. Hyphy equals crunk. That doesn't no. help. No, there was a whole yeah, bunch of just, like. It means hyper. Kind of like. Oh, okay. Like stuff. okay. My there son didn't know either. Of, so. There was a whole bunch of buzzwords that were next to it. And I was like, I don't know what any of those mean. <laughs> yeah. My uh, 13 year old said it must be an old expression because he doesn't know it either. So uh, it probably is old by the time it gets to gets to our ear. So anyway, the hyphy kid would be uh, Tavares. He's 5-0, and three knockouts, one submission. This is his LFA debut. He's fight at welterweight and light heavyweight. Uh, two inches of height over Ramirez. Get hyphy with it. So hyphy is going to be, I think, a <laughs> massive underdog here. We're going to say negative uh, yeah? five, 500 Mitch Ramirez, plus 400 on the return for Tavares. I would say if it's not, if he's not a massive underdog here, 
bet the hell out of Ramirez. Like Ramirez ought to be, I mean, he ought to be a favorite, like, um, he ought to be a favorite, like Mateusz Panaj was last week at Octagon, negative 2000. Because Mitch Ramirez is a guy I was actually pretty big on going into contender series. And he just happened to fight who I believe is the best guy to come off of the last season of the contender series. I don't know if you remember, he fought Carlo, uh, Carlos Praches. Yeah. And, and, and Carlos Praches, uh, fighting nerds. He's a fighting nerds guy. Yeah. Fighting nerds guy, ridiculously long, crazy knockout power. And Ramirez is like, he's really good at backing people down, but he's just not going to beat a dude who's like a sniper like Carlos Praches. I think Mitch Ramirez is ready for the UFC. There were guys on that show who got contracts who were far worse than Mitch Ramirez. He just ran into a buzzsaw. And Ariane Tavares, I was not familiar with. So I like went back and I watched one of his fights. And he comes out. You see the stance and you're like, okay, this guy looks like maybe he's got some like karate or Muay Thai background. His stance looks very nice. His hands are high. And then he starts throwing the weirdest looking arm punches you have ever seen in your whole life. <laughs> and I was just like... The stance is really nice. Like, and I can't stress this enough. And he was like bouncing in his stance. And I was like, I bet you this guy's closed his distance well. And then he looked like he was trying to strike you with like the the fat underneath his arm. You know, like he's trying to hit you with this right here. I was really like, what, yes. what the yeah, hell is yeah, what the hell is going on? And then the weirdest part of the fight I was watching is the guy who he was throwing these punches on didn't seem to understand what was happening either. And he just, he just kept backing up scared and then eventually ate one of them in like the wildest fashion and got knocked out. So like this guy's got a bunch of KOs on his record. I'm pretty sure it's been fighting like bums on the regional scene. And I really do think like Mitch Ramirez is just going to be way too technical. going to pick this dude apart and just, uh, just knock him out any way he wants to. Doesn't matter how high fee he's gonna get, he's he's gonna get knocked out. So there you go. Maybe That's does, does high fee mean spazzy? Is that what it means? Yeah, because his like style is pretty high fee. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> he, his style is pretty high fee. There's a title for us, ladies and gentlemen. His style gummy comes through again with a good title for us. I got you. Pretty high fee. All right, uh, let's go to the co main event, shall we? It is for the Alpha interim strawweight championship. So you know where my what my next question is going to be. Gummy. Oh, yeah, it was um. Rose Concieto or Concielco. Uh, I can't remember how to say her name. She's a Brazilian uh, girl who won the, she won the vacant belt last time out. She, uh, I think she has some sort of knee injury and she's not able to fight and defend. Uh, so like, I think they wanted to give both these two women a chance to, to win it. All right. There you go. Okay. We got Natasha Kuzi, Kuziutina. 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 Right? Yeah. We've right, talked about from, her before. You don't remember? Have we? And no, of course not. She's from Russia versus Giovanna Canuto from Brazil. Have we spoke about her as well? We have not. We talked about uh, Cruzantina in her her second fight in her pro career. She fought for oh, really? uh, Invicta. Um, okay. Okay. Against yeah. a pretty hot prospect uh, and got her okay. her shit beat. <laughs> and we haven't come across any fights where I've missed uh, that it's a rematch yet, right? No, 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 no rematches. This time. <laughs> Fantastic. LFA is pretty Fantastic. good about not booking rematches. They know that's yeah. dumb. <laughs> well, once once someone wins, the UFC usually grabs them. So that's kind of the way it goes. All right. Uh, we'll tell you about Canudo first. GG is the nickname. 4 0 with three submissions. All those fights have taken place in LFA. She's not fought since September 2022, 13 years younger than Kuzi. And she's a multi time, really Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world champion. Kuzi Tina. Kuzia. 
you can call her. Uh, she's four on one, one with three submissions, never been finishing a fight. This is her LFA debut. She won three straight fights, two of them via submission, 0-1 in Invicta, inch height, inch reach over Canuto, and she was a bronze medalist in judo in the Olympics. We got BJJ versus judo here. How do you break this one down? So I, I think it's going to be a pick 'em because, uh, as you mentioned, Kuzio Tina comes from a really nice judo background. She uh, she clearly got the takedowns and stuff. Canuto, uh, you know, multiple times jujitsu world champion, but she is really young. Uh, which I think is why this this line will probably come in as a pickup is because Kuzio and Tina is you know a little bit of experience level you know like obviously uh, you know like, well, a little bit more well traveled than Canuto but I, I'm gonna go Canuto here I I think um, Kuzio and Tina does have good takedowns but we also saw her neutralized against another jujitsu fighter before in the past uh, she fought Fatu McCline who is now the CFFC strawweight champion and like could not be on a clearer trajectory to be in the UFC. If we tried to put her on one, um, she strikes me as somebody who the UFC will just sign in the early parts of 2024. They will not need, uh, her in short notice. They will not need her on contender series. She's just going to the UFC. So, uh, buckle up for that. Um, but like still Kuzi and Tina fought her and just like had nothing for her in the wrestling side of the game. Uh, nothing at all, and, and certainly nothing in the submission side of the game either. Kuzi and Tina is best when she's wrestling because actually her striking is kind of terrible. Her hands are a little bit on the slow side. She clearly doesn't look comfortable throwing hands. Um, but when she gets to the ground, she's got really good position on the top. Uh, her arm bars are really good. Only thing I will say about her her grappling game is it's a little risky. Like sometimes she passes when she doesn't have like good pressure in uh she gets elevated or loses a position or, you know, like she falls off back mount a lot. Um, and sometimes that's just because she's looking for the arm bar anyway. But like against higher level grapplers like Canuto, that's not a good thing because um, she's just not going to get that arm bar. And the thing I like about Canuto, in addition to really loving her grappling game, because her grappling game's sick, sweet double leg. Um, she chains her wrestling together. Like she's clearly learned how to put all of that together. Her positioning in jujitsu is awesome. But in addition to all that, she's really developed her hands in the last couple of fights. She's got, like, nice three-punch combinations. Her head moves as she's coming in to land those combinations. She masks them like they are her takedown. So she, like, almost, like, fakes the duck down into the takedown, and then she throws a combination. And her head moves all the time. So, like, Canuto to me is, even at 21 years old, just a much more complete fighter than Kuzu and Tina. And the fact that like she's better positioning wise too, right? Cause sometimes when you get these grappling matches, you get somebody who is just as good as the other one, but maybe takes too many like dumb risks and winds up on the bottom all the time. I think Canuto being the smarter positional fighter here is what's going to carry her to a victory. So I would say, you know, I kind of expect this fight to be a pick em. I'd be fine with Canuto all the way up to like, you know, buck 50, buck 60, um, it starts getting close to two bucks. I would say start to think about her in parlays any more than that. I just probably call this a pass fight. All righty. There you go. Before we get to the main event, I would be remiss. Um, if I didn't tell you about hall of fame bets, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with hall of fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame Bets Revolutionary Parlay Optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. 
Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit itchofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, main event time. Another title on the line here. I don't think it's vacant or interim or anything. No, it's the LFA Middleweight cha- Championship. Azamat Bakoya versus Lucas Fernando. Five, five-minute rounds, 185 pounds. Tell you about um, both these guys technically are the champions. So I will tell you about how about the interim champ? Uh, Fernando didn't get stripped, right? As far as I know. No, I don't believe so. No. Okay. We got interim champ first, which we will tell you about. Bekoyev, King Pin is the nickname. 16 and three, five knockouts, eight submissions. He's been submitted one time. Two and all in LFA and the interim champion of this weight class. He's won four straight fights in five of his last six. He's not lost a fight since September of 2021. Fernando, nine and two, five knockouts, two submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. Four and all in LFA and is the, the uh, official champion of this weight class. 0 and one on contender series, uh, hence the interim title for Bekoyev. He's won four of his last five. He used to fight out welterweight, two years younger than Bakoya, four inches taller, eight inches of reach. So he's going to tower over him. Go ahead. Uh, so I'm going to go with Bakoya here. I think he'll probably be a slight favorite. Um, we'll, we'll say not as big as the other ones. We'll say like, you know, negative 160. We'll get plus 135 on Fernando. The, the, the key to this fight to me is just Fernando in his contender series fight looked awful grappling. Just truly awful. I don't know if you remember, he fought Cesar Almeida. Cesar Almeida, the kickboxer, the 39-year-old middleweight kickboxer uh, with a three, you know, I think he was three and oh, got his chance on Contender Series. And what did he do? He weirdly out-wrestled Lucas Fernando in every corner of that cage. And like, if you're getting out-grappled by a 38-year-old kickboxer, and I know he's looked better in LFA than he did on Contender Series. But if that's the type of guy who's out grappling you, I think Bakoyev is going to out grapple him pretty easily. And, and that's not to say that Fernando's not probably a touch better on the feet. That's actually why I think the odds will stay pretty close in this one. I just can't imagine Fernando tagging him enough that like Bakoyev doesn't get the chance to shoot in. Uh, and, and Fernando, he sort of looked listless when he, he wound up on his back in, in that fight is like, he didn't look like he had an idea on how to get up. He didn't look like he wanted to get up. He didn't He didn't know how to cage walk. And it was against the guy who's not as good on the mat as Bakoyev is. So uh, I, I think while you can really like Fernando and you can say like the things he does are really great, this is just a terrible matchup for him. Uh, Bakoyev is just one of those guys who is going to be trouble for Fernando, um, especially if he doesn't like, you know, sort of maintain his distance. So uh, yeah, give me, give me Bakoyev here. I think it's probably a slight favorite. All right, there you go. Let's recap the picks and get out of your ear holes for at least a, a day. Uh, Bokoyev, Canudo, Ramirez, Shields, and Harris. The only two... Nope, not Harris, diff- Pagoa. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Pagoa. Uh, the only pick you differ on is the Shields pick uh, from Tabology. They're, they're picking all the same fighters as you are. Well, and that's why uh, I thought Shields would probably be an underdog too, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I, think, I think people are going to be in and Leva off of the title fight. So there you go. Hopefully you enjoyed the high fee episode uh, that we put into your ears. Um, we'll be back on Wednesday. We've got um, UFC pay-per-view UFC 296. We'll do the pre- prelims Wednesday, the main card on Thursday, along with our fancy picks. In the meantime, we will shall be in the discord sports slash discord Twitter SGP and MMA at Gumby Vreeland at Jeff Fox writer. That's what I am on Instagram as well. Get in my sub stack, uh, subscribe, enter my 
pick'em contests for free for the UFC. That's moneymma.substack.com. Uh, listen to Gummy's Top Turtle MMA podcast every week in your ears. I'm not on it, so it, it shall uh, be a good listen. Who is on it this week? Do we know who's on it this week? Yeah, uh, the aforementioned Oseuman Oyemolan uh, from this LFA 173 card. And then I'm also talking to Dustin Jacoby as he's getting ready to fight Alonzo Menafield this weekend. There you go. Um, so listen to that. And then all good things in the sports gambling spheres at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Gumby, get us out of here. All right. I'm Data Gumby Freeland. He's the hyphy kid, Jeff Fox. And we will see you on Wednesday.